Atkinson. Care for a rubdown. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach. You are listening to the Halfback Rubdown. I'm your host, Natty, and with me as always running shotgun in the Rubmobile is the stats wizard, the sultan of the spreadsheet, king of motherfucking calculations, Wooker. Hello, mate. Daddy, how's it going, mate? I hear you've been um, laboring in the hot, hot sun, so... I don't mate, even you've... want to fucking talk about it, bro. I just want to do this. Nice and cold and frothy. <laughs> oh, baby. Loving it. Right up. There's half of that beer gone. Oh, line them <laughs> up. Line them up, baby. All right, so... Yeah, plenty, plenty of content coming your way, people. Oh, I mean, time. hold on to your dicks, hold on to your tits. <laughs> it is coming thick and fast. And so we've just dropped the 2RF rub. You guys uh, probably already heard the wire with the draft dribble rub down that we did with the Guru. That was a fantastic episode, mm-hmm. obviously going through some of the most pressing issues that the preseason has thrown up thus far. Really good chat. We'll probably do another one with the Guru before draft day this preseason. To our ref was a meaty rub down, really oh, yeah. essential. We got all fingertips deep into those knots. Uh, really, I might even listen back to it. There were some fucking nuggets <laughs> of gold in there, mate. I need to rehash yeah. some of the shit we talked about because it was very, very good. Now yeah. we're starting to get into the halfback, five-eighths, and then we'll kick it in, CTW, fullback, and just wrap up all the positions. We've got Brian, the NRL physio, to come on soon. Uh, we're going to do around the grounds as well. So plenty of more content coming your way. But as always, bro, the uh, the rubdown is brought to you by our Patreon. So yeah. I'm still getting still getting some people messaging me saying is the is the Patreon up? Is it going? Fuck, she's humming, people. It yeah. is. Let's go. Yeah, we're we're going hard hard yakker at it. So patreon.com forward slash rubber stats. If you want to have a have a squiz, you can have a look at the post. Just you don't have to even pay. You can have a look at the post to see what we've actually been putting up and. If it's, if it's any of any interest, just sign up for a month, see if you like it. If not, you just dip out. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's it. And as I always say, it's the best way to support the weekly rubdown and you get a whole lot of super coach gear in Stats return. Up the ass. Stats coming over, asshole here, people. Classic mm. draft doesn't fucking matter your poison. It will help you. I guarantee it. There you go. Yep. Guarantee from me to you. Get amongst it. So silver guarantee. That's it. Means absolutely fucking nothing. A guarantee for me, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, all right. So I'll kick it off. I'll remind everyone at the end. But mm. listen to league. Get in. Uh, you need to leave your five star sledges on Apple iTunes. We had someone ask us how to do that. Uh, just it's on the app. Apple iTunes. Find the weekly rub down, click us, scroll down. You'll see some stars. Click five stars, click write a review, and it'll go in there. And for you, for those of you who don't have an iPhone, 
Get your sister's iPhone, your girlfriend's, your boyfriend's. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Someone you know has an iPhone. Do it that way. It ain't hard. I just couldn't be bothered opening it up to all other platforms, so I have to scour the internet for these sledges. One place, if you really want in, you'll find a way, I'm sure. Yeah. Nana's um, got a phone. Granddad's got a phone. Oh, someone's got an up. iPhone. Someone's, someone's got another one. Yeah. Please. All right. Let's... Uh, what are we going to do here? Should we get into some news? With a Channel 4 News exclusive. Brian. And a watch. SJ Moonboot. The yeah. dreaded Moonboot season has begun. Yes. So not really sure exactly what the ins and outs of this injury are. It's an ankle injury. Could be a syndesmosis. Not sure it has to mm. go for scans. But I guess it coming out so early in the preseason, that is a silver lining in the fact that even if it is a syndesmosis, he might be right for round one. So we don't know at the moment. He is one guy that you, you, he is one guy that you don't want to have niggles coming into a season. Um, Soft tissue injuries. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. He's... um. He's he's probably barreling down the um yeah barreling down the the register for me. Um, it was already yeah. a bit of an iffy one for myself if he was fully fit going through the preseason. This I, I'm yeah. actually thinking about putting him below the, probably the four guys next to him. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely one to keep the finger on the pulse. Obviously, we'll get more I mean, we'll t- when we'll we touch talk to Brian. We'll touch on it as well when we actually get to him in yep. the yep, in for this sure. one. Mm. We also had Payne Haas. He pulled up a little bit lame from training with some hamstring mm. tightness. So one to watch there. Not great. I mean, he's not an explosive a- athlete in, in any sen- sense of the term, but having hamstring tightness this early in the season before a fucking ball has been it's, even kicked. It's a worry. It is a worry, bro. So mm. keep that into your calculations as well. That's a little bit of a worry. Um, the big one that we heard today uh, is that uh, Arthur came out and said that he wants to run with one hooker. He wants that hooker to play 80 minutes. And, of course, this has a bit of a ripple effect. Not only do we have to start looking at whoever gets that spot, whether it be Lusick or Hands, but having a four-forward bench really do- is going to impact someone, whether that be Hopgood or Maddo or one of these big boppers, like it really doesn't bode well for it's not great. good. It's if one of I'm those Yeah, it's one of those things that um both Maddo and Lust both Maddo and Hopgood mm. benefited from that three man bench when you take yep. out that other hooker. So huge. Yeah. So you need to be thinking about that when you're you're looking at those those even, two middles. Even R C G and Polo who are yeah. like fringe. Yeah. We're McGreg and all that are going to get um, on the more minutes on the bench. It's yep. concerning. You really can't see fucking Maddo and Hopgood getting sixty to seventy minutes each no. now that they have a four forward bench. So it yeah. could be a huge kick in the dick for uh, those guys, but could throw up a nice little sleeper uh, in your hooking spot. Although. Mm. One of these cunts is going to be talked about at nauseum for classic, so the draft value is probably going to be out the window by, by the yeah. time we try and pick them. No, for sure, and especially with Brendan Hands, who comes into into the season with a thirty three average from mm. last year, he'll be in the cheapy range. Freddie Lusick, same same deal. So, yeah, it's it's probably one that they'll they'll be fucked over. And look, if I'm honest, it's more the implications outside of those two options rather than the options themselves. 
because mm. I don't think I don't think that either of them will be awesome as a super coach option. Yeah, I think he, Brendan Hands when he played eighty minutes, I don't think he was dropping more than fifty anyway. So yeah, you're probably you're probably looking at fifty points from both of them, but. Mm. 80 minutes. Eight-minute hookers are just so rare. You, oh, yeah. you just you, mm. you eat them up at the moment. But like I said, if the value is not there, I wouldn't be reaching for these cunts, that's for sure. The good thing is that because of their low average from last season, they'll be down on the pre-draft list of so many people, yeah. so they won't even be thinking about them. So you might be able to get them if they slide in a lot of leagues. Yeah. yeah. Keep 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 your eye out. Keep your ear yeah. to the ground. Head on a swivel. Be like water. You've heard it all before. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the sledges. Fuck this, some of these. Some of these are getting really close <laughs> to the bone. It is good. It is really good. It's going to be hard to pick. Do they? No, they don't. They know. They <laughs> know exactly how to fucking tee us up, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, this one's called Too Big for Their Boots. Five stars. This show used to be bad but humble. Now it's just bad. The most confusing recent development is that Natty and Wooker think we we want to actually see their rough heads as well as listen. Yuck. The start of every show feels like a salvo's door knock. Spare some change to listen to our auto for lading. Doesn't get any better from there. No thanks. Sellouts. Hope I can get, I hope I can be in their draft comp though. I paid eight bucks. <laughs> Mate, legend. I do. I do like it. <laughs> very, very good. When when I read one and I go, the Salvo's Ooh. door knock was fucking ledge. I like that. Yeah, it's like you don't know exactly how to feel about it because you're like, fuck that. Really, it's kind of accurate. That, that pumped. That pumped me. That really <laughs> pumped me. So mm. you know, we like that one. That was right on the money. Right yeah. on the money. Oh yeah. Um, harsh but fair. Oops. Honestly, laser-focused. Laser-focused, that one. Uh, let's move on. What do we got next? Let's just get into it, bro. Halfback. Nathan Cleary. Not even excuse a little TikTok dance after that try. What sorcery is this? Nice job. Let's get you a rub down. Let's get you a rub down indeed. So disclaimer before every position that we go through, these rankings are very fluid. It's early in the piece. Trust me, shit will change. What are we looking here for the halfback position, Walker? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, you need to find the dominant half for a team, um, a guy with a lot of possessions, one that really controls the play, um, ones that ideally are your goal kickers. Um, that, that's mm. your top tier. So layering in that, and obviously for a good attacking team, um, it's no good having the best halfback in the shittest team um, because, yeah, you're not really going to get much out of a mayor. No, that's it. And one way to just sum up your halfback is try involvements, mm. something that you can find on the Patreon. Uh, right. But if you look at the – I just put some names together for try involvements for 2023, right? SJ had the most at 65. Cleary had the second most with 59. Hines third with 53. DCE fourth with 45 try involvements. Then Adam Reynolds had 45. Jerome Hughes, 43. Keary, 43. Hunt, 42. Hastings, 38. Ilias, 39. Moses, Mitch Moses only had 33. Matty Burton, 30. Fogarty, 30. a huge down, down year for him, but he did spend a fair bit out of, um, yeah. out of play. 
But it's also like sort of you've got to start thinking, is Dylan Brown the big dick there and Moses is just steering the the ship, you know? Um, And then Brooksy had 21 at the back end there. So that's a really good indication of a halfback that you want in your side. You want them Mm. with their fingerprints all over the ball at all times when the team is scoring. And then you can add in, Mm. yeah, goal kicking is obviously a little cherry on top if they play on the dominant side of the field, if they're playing both sides of the field, things like that. But try involvement's a really good place to start. Yeah. Um, Let's get into uh, top 10 here. So... Cleary, Hines, number two, Hines, Cleary. Either way, I'm happy with it. At the moment, yeah. we've got Cleary at one, Hines at two. Might go head-to-head yeah. with you flat, when we get flat, into the categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got some stats to throw at you. I might play devil's uh-huh. advocate in, in the first part of this pod here. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got SJ at three, but he may plummet if we get I more information. this side big time. Honestly, SJ at three, but Hughes at four, I'd take even with this early information, I'd probably take Hughes over him. I'll take DCE um, over him, if I'm honest. Yeah, well, we got DCE at five, uh, Matty Burton at six. Matty Burton's a really interesting one. We'll talk about him and Luke Brooks a lot in the next two rubdowns, halfback, mm. five-eight, because they have that sexy duel. And it is uh, so tasty this year. It really is. I may be overvaluing it, but, oh, my God, it's going to just afford you so much flexibility if you get one of these guys on your side. So Burton at six. Mm. We've got Moses at seven, Sammy Walker at eight. Adam Reynolds at nine, and then we had a real. It was a bit of a head stretcher, wasn't it? We run around mm, in circles getting, about who's going to make this top ten. Just that number ten yeah. at the end, and we had you know we had Ben Hunt there, Luke Brooks, Jamal Fogarty, Toby Sexton. So a few names that could have been put there. Obviously, Jamal Fogarty being the big dick in town at the Raiders. Does he go to another level? Yeah, Toby Sexton looked really good for the Dogs. Uh, yeah. Benny Hunt seems to always trudge along nicely um, for the Dragons, no matter well, is, how is they're that, going. Is that, is that dominant halfback, like we was exactly. speaking about, but he's in a exactly. shit Yep. I mean, he scored 59 points and he didn't even want to be there. And then, of course, <laughs> Luke Brooks coming to this manly side with so many weapons around him, and he scores 55 in his sleep. Mm. You think in a, in a better side, he'd go a little bit better. So we've settled on Ben Hunt at number 10 just because he's been there, done it before. And it can't be any worse than last year. He got 59 yeah. points. It cannot go any worse for him than it did last year. Uh, so we've put him at 10. But we like all those guys that we mentioned. Mm. Yeah, I think with, um, with Sexy Sexton, one of the reasons why yeah, we re- really couldn't consider him any higher. Was we just don't know if he's going to keep the position. Yeah, um, I will yep, talk about, a bit about him later. Um, I- I've cooled on him before. Yeah, before we get into it, but yeah, he's definitely yeah. one that's really interesting. You're not fully hard, just like semi. No, no, it's a, it's a semi. Just, I'll be, I'll he be excites thumb- you. I'll be thumbing it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need some work to get it done without. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into the first category here. Let's get into the elite. The elite. Best of the best. I got a boner. <laughs> Pretty easy here. Nathan Cleary, Nico Hines. Uh, they're the clear elite guys. SJ yep. probably slides back to the guns now with these with this information that we've just been hmm. handed. So Bastard. we'll talk about SJ and the guns. But Nathan Cleary, Cleary and Nico Hines. Let's go head-to-head here. You can be in the Cleary... Uh, Cleary corner? 
Yep, and I'll go Nico yep. Hines just because. Well, it's better that way. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're saying Cleary won, but honestly, I don't give a fuck. But mm. if you look at the stats, he, Nico hasn't Hines, Hines has outscored him. him. Yep, last couple of seasons. So, oh. Yeah. So, well, we, we first we start off. Cleary had an average of eighty nine, but he had an injury affected game. Take out, take that out. It's a ninety two average. So yep. really, it's ninety two for Cleary versus hmm. Hines ninety five. Yeah. Base power very similar. Cleary thirty seven, mm. Hines thirty nine. Try assists. Hines had a little bit more. He had thirty. Cleary had twenty six. Uh, Hines scored more points per game by goal sixteen point two. Cleary had fifteen. Total try involvements. Uh, Cleary won that one with fifty nine. Hines had fifty three. Both dominant in their team. Both dominant on the edge they play on for their respective teams. Both play both sides of the field as well. Exactly. So it's fucking close. Like really yeah. close. You would say Hines is pipped him. By a bee's dick here, or a walker's dick, as I like to say. So it's not until you start looking at this games over a hundred. Cleary versus Hines. What do you think? There games over a hundred points. Uh, I would say Nico gets more. Yeah, substantially. So he had yeah. nine games over a hundred. Cleary had four. Yeah, games over one twenty. That was interesting. Uh, Hines pips him again. Right. So. Yeah, you would. So, looking at that season, you would mm. think that Hines he has the the better ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have the CV in front of you, but I would suspect CV is point four for both of them, so forty percent. <laughs> so, and, and, and that point four is due to how high their ceiling is, not how how low their floor is. So, yeah, yeah, I think, it, and one of the key. Um, key differences that I can see out out of the two as well is Nico Hines has a slightly better line break involvements per game. He's yep. up at up at two point three per game compared to Nathan Cleary's down at one point three. Outside of that, it's it's bloody splitting hairs. I tell you what, um, and because of that, if you've got the choice of being first or second pick in the draft, just go second. You'll get an yeah. you'll get an easier second yeah. you'll get an easier return pick. Yeah. And it just makes more sense unless you're a linear draft. Now I've gone deeper here, as oh, you know I like to do. I really like, like to put the hand on the base of the back and just drive home yeah. deep. Oh, that was a bit graphic. Um I know, moving on. <laughs> I didn't need that. Oh, so strength of schedule. That's where you're you really far. that's where you really can split hairs here, right? So yes. clearly um, and I've just picked uh, strength of schedule, round 23 mm. to 26. That's our final system, grand final round 26. You can pick whatever system you want on the Patreon. It's all there, all really easy to, easy to read. I've just picked ours for argument's sake here. Cleary, Eels in 23, then Storm, Raiders, Bunnies. So the, Not team, stre- the team strength of schedule for the Panthers is eighth. The right half strength of schedule uh, is 12th, so not great mm. for Cleary, but we're talking about Nathan Cleary. It really doesn't matter that He's much. He's almost matchup proof, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Then you go into the teams and how they have performed against right halves. So Eels, uh, so they concede the second most points to right halves. Storm 14th, Raiders 9th, Bunnies 10th. 
So apart from the Eels, not that great, right? Mm. Cleary himself has averaged uh, 59 points against the Eels, 61 points against Storm, 87 versus the Raiders, and 77 against the Bunnies. So an average of 71 points averaged against those teams over his career. Uh, So not bad. Not super great either. Hmm. But again, we're talking about Nathan Cleary, right? Yep. But Hines, wow. Okay. So Hines has got Titans in round 23, Knights yum. 24, Dragons 25, Warriors oh, 26. So Titans, yeah, Titans leak the fourth most points to right halves. Mm. Uh, Knights the least most, so they're quite good against right halves. Dragons the third most, and uh, Warriors the 13th most. But when it gets really interesting is when we talk about how Hines has averaged against these teams. So he's averaged 71 points against the Titans, 78 against the Knights, 134 versus the Dragons over his career. and <laughs> How many and games one, is that? And 101 points versus the Warriors. So for an average of 96 versus these teams over this four-game stretch. So 96 versus 71. So, I mean, if you were looking at any reason to try and split these two and you were just going on numbers, Heinz wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, and I've said this before, and this is just for fun. This is just for argument's sake. I've said this before. It doesn't matter who you go here. I think they're going to both have a fantastic season. Just take yeah. who you like to watch. Take whichever one you like to watch. The other thing for me as well, I, I don't, I'm not confident Hines gets the state of origin call up. So, and if he doesn't, no. that's another thing that's helped you once you've picked Hines. Not only that is, I can't imagine Cronulla putting their queue in the rack uh, come round 26 or 27 because they're leading the comp, whereas that could no. happen for Panthers. So resting risks also uh, is a little bit lower for Hines than it is Cleary. So yeah. honestly, when you go down point for point, Heinz is the better pick statistically. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. It's um look it, I do look at some of the averages that you spat out for Heinz against certain teams and look just with the new structures that are going to be in place for teams like the Titans with Desi coming in uh, with the Dragons, with Flano taking over. I do think that they'll be tougher teams defensively. Um, not a great deal, but they will provide a little bit more staunch defense. And the Warriors are not the same team that they were two, three years ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think it holds as much weight. Um, his his averages, his career averages against those teams. So I think they'll, they'll be performing slightly different to how they used to. Um, but totally agree that I think point for point, Nico gets the gets the biscuits, but it's just that overarching like issue that I've got with the the Sharkies just being flat track bullies. Mm. I, I don't know if they can prove that they can shake that. That's where I, I do think that Nico, mate, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I'm just sort of looking at the points that he was scoring last last year. Sometimes he does go large against good opponents. I mean, he scored 89 versus the Roosters, 126 versus the Cowboys, Manly 98, Broncos 90. Okay. Uh, obviously pumps shit teams. I mean, you're looking yeah, at yeah. Dragons, he scored 180. Uh, he went 156 against them again. Dogs 129. 
Uh, Tigers 109. I mean, he fucking punishes <laughs> he bad teams. Um, but also, oh. Pan- so Bunnies 100. Cows mm. again, 108. Raiders 127. So, yeah. Look, I tell you God. what, I tell you what, if you are in a captain's league, Nico Hines sounds like the better better choice. It does, doesn't it? Up, he'll turn up more often. If you're in a if you're in a non-captain's league, though, Cleary seems like a better better pick. Yeah. Either way, you've won the lot. <sighs> you're, you're, you're getting one of the two best players in you're the humming. whole of Supercoach. So yeah, 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 absolutely humming. But yeah, I just thought that would be an interesting little chat mm. there because I think people are just blindly going, yep, Cleary's the better pick. But I actually do think Hines is the better pick mm. um, yeah. for well, for our strength of schedule in our final system. Might be different for the other ones. You'd have to check that on the Patreon. But so far, yeah, I was like, hmm, Hines. And just the way, just his ceiling, like, especially, like you said, in the captain's league, you know, Who's I'll he playing you- round 20? Like, he's got the Warriors. Yes, they've been staunch in defense, but play the Dragons the week before that. Like, mm. I'll give it, I'll do everyone a bit of a favor. I've just had a look at the strength of schedule for 22 to 25 and 24 to 27. And 22 to 25, again, Nico Hines, supremely better strength of schedule. Ooh. And positionally, Nico's got it for 24 to 27 as well. But it's the flip for the team strength of schedule for twenty four to twenty seven. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we don't have to really talk about them anymore because they're no. just the best. They're the best elite. That's that's why they're there. Yep. They'll go one and two in every single league. Yep. And so they should. Let's move on. Correct. Guns. Lots of guns. Mister Bergen, do you have a massive <laughs> erection? All right, guns. This is picks 11 to 30, usually round two to three in a 10-man league. You want these guys pumping out 60-plus points. You've got SJ, Jerome Hughes, DCE, Mitch Moses, Matty Burton, who was dual halfback 5'8", and Sammy Walker in this category. Who would you like to talk about here, Wook? Oh, are you going all to talk about Hughes? Yeah, well, all of them, all of them are interesting for different reasons. Um, yep. So Hughes was a massive disappointment in the first half of last season. We were really big on him, and um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until the second half of the season that he really hit, took to stride. And look, he came in with a wet sail. Um, he was posting eighty plus for fun week after week, and yeah, he took a lot of teams home in the grand final as well. So yeah, he's one that um, I'm big on again. Um, probably. Yeah, I'm huge on him. Massive yeah. on him, bro. Yeah. 71 average, uh, 23 tries. He can go more on that. Uh, obviously, playing on that dominant right edge, they scored 35% of their tries down the right, the storm. So we like that. Pappy fit, Eli Katoa fit. It can only mm. mean good things for Jerome Hughes. I can see him a- averaging 74 ish round there if storm can put it all together i will say this if you do get jerome hughes make sure you fucking get ellie katoa it is a must if it's a a great stack it is a fucking fantastic stack you have to so keep that in mind when jerome hughes uh makes his way into your teams uh who else we got here dce coming off a huge year do you think there's going to be some regression here for dce almost a career year i think it's hard to see a world where he doesn't get some form of regression um yeah 
And I think this is one of the first seasons that we'll see him go into a se- season with um, with, an, with effectively another halfback who's coming in. High possessions, um, not as not like his usual foil of like a forum. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how Brooksy comes in and how he fits into that um, their attack and plays. Because I know that, yeah, he's used to being a bit more of a dominant half and... Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether that'll reduce the amount of possessions that DCE has because he, he will have one of the highest possession counts per game of any yes. of the halfbacks. And this is one stat that I think will drop and that will drop his base power. It'll also drop his effectiveness in in attack as well. So his two try involvements per game and his 1.3 line break involvements per game is at risk because of the introduction of Brooksy. Um, and look, the 70... 70 seven that he scored last season, I think there is got to be some regression. And I think it's probably he's we're probably looking at seventy as a best case scenario. But look, their strength of schedule is not bad. Um final strength of schedule for positionally for DCE is three uh, for a twenty three to twenty uh twenty six system. Yeah. And for the for the manly as a as a whole it's four. Four. Yeah. So it's yep. bloody great. Um, yep. and it is, it is definitely, he's definitely one that I'm looking at again. And if you go turbo, worst, worst things you could do than pair him with, um, with DCA. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I think they'll fall in nice categories. Yeah. You could definitely get, yeah. And this is the thing. This is probably one of the first years there that we think that you can stack turbo with another manly player. Like in mm. previous years, Turbo's been way too highly uh, touted mm. in the draft order that you wouldn't really be able to get uh, a Garrick or a DCE to, to stack him with. Now it's a yeah. real possibility in 2024, which just that boggles the mind. Like if you can get Turbo, mm. say, six, seven, eight, round those picks there, and then on the return you can get Garrick or DCE, I mean, fucking stop it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Stop the stop the fight. It's yeah. It's going to be looking good. Obviously risky because of Turbo. Mm. You know he has. We've said this with the Guru. He's well since we've seen the last five years. He hasn't played over fifteen games. Yeah, and when he did the... play that over fifteen games, that was three years ago. So mm. that's the big worry, and it is scary. Huge but worry. It's also sexy. <laughs> well, it's it just highlights that it's a risk that a lot of people aren't going to take. So yeah, look if you're if you're in it to win it, and you see Turbo at your pick, have to. I'm getting, uh, and this is oh, always I'm ready happens. to be heard so again. You, you know this, this. You know me. This is what happens. I always start the preseason. I'm a little bit sort of wound tight, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'll take that guy. This is a little bit worse. As the fucking preseason rolls on, get a bit loosey goosey. Now I'm ready to take. Ryan Pappenhausen round one. That's where I'm at now. I'm like, I'm I'm ready to go, baby. Let's <laughs> let's fucking let's get wild up in this bitch. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready. So Turbo, get in my side. Pappy, get in my side. I don't give a fuck. I'm going for broke this season. Case yep. ceiling. Now now circling back to the halfbacks. Um, after talking about the fullbacks for about five Whoops. minutes. Whoops. Um, yeah, I think DC is a, a great option again, but I wouldn't be drafting him based off his um, 76 from last year. So just yep. be, be wary of the regression. But the interesting thing to come out of it is if Turbo does go down injured, um, he's less impacted by that 
for his average than people think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, I think it's it's a pretty safe pick um, mid-round two, maybe even mm. early round two uh, on the turn if you want. I think, yeah, like yep. 70 points is pretty much you're humming with 70 yeah. points with the halfback position. Halfback's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, and we'll talk about strategy a little bit later, but it is quite deep as mm. in there is, a, there is sort of eight or nine halfbacks like po- that will average po- well. It- it's like pockets of depth, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's but it's like you can see a lot of them, no, most of them not being there after pick 30. They'll go yeah. quick. Yeah, They'll yeah. all go really quick. So it's like there is depth there, but they aren't going to fucking be deep in the draft. That's yeah. just, It's as simple and, as that. And there's a tendency in drafts for certain positions to go on a run. And people like sheep, especially in those high-pressure situations in a draft where as soon as people see like two or three halfbacks go everyone's yep. like a oh, fucking need to swipe a halfback and then round two to me is is shaping up like a big halfback round oh absolutely yeah yeah i think there's huge. at least going to be four to five in, yep. in that sort of zone for sure yep like we were saying like you know round four round five picks 30 plus 35 plus the the two rfs are still going to start flying and those mm. those rounds will be forever known as the two rf rounds round two this year fuck halfback round yeah. Write that down. Write that down. Uh, Sam it's... Walker. Oh, yeah. Sammy Walker is, is an interesting one. Yeah. Only eight games last year. Uh, was big on him last year. I drafted him. I reached for him. Uh, very mm. keen on him. Not only is he a guy that I believe in for real-life rugby league, uh, but he's got a really good game for Supercoach as well. Yep. Average 60, BP 30. For a small bloke, that's fantastic. Base pair yep. of 30. I mean, he weighs 80 kilos. Uh, he only got 8.5 points per game for goals. That'll go up. Total try involvements, only you, you reckon, 11. You reckon, you, that, you reckon that they'll give him the goal kicking over Suwali? Has that been I so? I think so. Okay. I think so. Suwali's gone next year. No, I, well, I, I know, but I mean, Suwali's been kicking him at a decent clip, so. For sure. I actually can't remember. Well, he did come back and kick, didn't he? Sam Walker. Yeah, but wasn't Sully out? Anyway. I, I think he was uh, there. Okay. I'll, I'll do hang on, I'll do a quick recce. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep dribbling. You do a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, he's going to be playing on the dominant edge, the right edge. We know that that's the sexy edge for the Roosters. You've got Manu there. Now you've got Dom Young. Nat Butcher is going to be there as well. So, I mean, in eight games, 11 total try involvements is still very good, especially – when he came back and he averaged 70-plus in the two games after that injury. So a long layoff, pretty shit injury. The mental side of things would have been tough as well because he was dropped and then then he got Mm. injured. For such a young bloke as well, I'm sure that would have been hard to come back from. Uh, If we just sort of go back to 2022 when we're all in love with him, he had a 59 average, 15 assists, eight of them um, came in the last eight games of the season after he sort of warmed into his attacking role and they solidified the combos. Because if you remember in that 2022 season, they were fucking around with what edge they were playing. Like Sam was on the left and then he had the seven on his back and then all of a sudden he had the six on his back and he was playing right and they were fucking mixing it up and the edge back rowers were in and out of the side. There was a lot of juggling happening, but everyone benefited in that Roosters side super coach wise in the last eight games. You go back and you look at Gussie Crichton and Nat Butcher, Sam Walker, they all had a fantastic end to the season when everything 
was solidified. So he, um, yeah, he just absolutely killed it in those last eight games. So I'm thinking he can get back to that. I think he can get around that 65. I want to draft him at a 65 average. Mm. So if you can get Sam Walker sort of at the back end of round three, so like picks 25 to 30, something around there, like I'm happy to take him there. That's probably a tiny bit of a reach. Like if you can get him in round four, picks 30 plus, that's that's great value. Mm. That's a great value pick. But I'm happy to reach for him a little bit because I think I think he'll have a great season. Again, need to talk to Brian about this ACL strain. The partial tear or whatever it is. Whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah, I need to like know it just more sound, about it that. Sounds, it sounds more and more like it's like a ticking time bomb that it's just mm. waiting to explode. Now, I mean, that's I, true. Yeah. I'm out. Um, and one thing I did check was, yeah, he did not goal kick. So Suwali was goal kicking and retained it when Sammy came back in the team. So, look, it is something that I hope is questioned and answered by Robbo before the season Trials. starts. Try you, you'll see. Yeah. yeah, but you'll see all of their kickers kick in trials. I think. Yeah. Robbo typically uses all of his goal kickers just to at least give them a bit of um, game experience. Yeah, I guess prior it comes to, down to season. how fit. Sam Walker is. If he's mm. fit enough to kick him, he will. Yep. If there's something still going on with that leg, he won't. Yeah. And that's where the issues come in. Because if he's not fit enough to kick, then in my opinion, he's not fit enough for you to draft him. Yeah. And look, if he is kicking, that's a six to ten point bump in his average. And yep. yeah, it's it's it is big enough to make a difference for whether I'm keen on him or whether I'm not. Yeah. Because I mean if I can't see a world where he's fit enough to kick him and even if his percentage rate isn't as good as Suwali'i, I, I just can't see a world where Robbo goes, yeah, let's give it to the guy that uh, is gone next year. Yeah. Yeah, and rather no, I know what you mean. Guy, I know. That's the future of the club, yeah. So, yeah. But it does come down to whether he's fit enough to kick him. Mm. Yeah, true. Right. Um, anyone else here in the guns you want to talk about? I know uh, you've got a hard-on for Matty Burton, but you're probably going to talk about him later maybe. Yeah, well, I've uh, he's my playing focus, uh, my chub rub for five eight. So I'll, re- yep. I'll do a bit more of a deep dive okay. on him then. But Same. yeah, he's 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 one that I am interested in for sure. And um, yeah, look, Mitchie Moses is the other one that's in that sort of range. And yep. look, he had a really down year for for output, and we were talking about it a bit before. That look, is this the is this the start of the handing over of the reins of the main playmaker to Dillbags? And yeah. Look, from what I can see in the stats, it is pointing to that. So normally he would have a, a try assist rate upwards of two, dropped down to 1.7 um, last season. Only 1.2 line break involvements. Very, very tough strength of schedule in the yeah. um, in the finals, and that's the Eels that's really of schedule steer, so bad. that's really steering me away from him. It's um it's a really tough like team strength of schedule, but even positionally, it's fucked as well. So, yeah, he's one that um I'm I'm kind of putting a line through. Um, yeah. I think he can still get to that sixty eight average again, but I just don't think he'll score them when I need them, which would be in the finals. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm subscribing to the same magazine as you here. I I think that Mitch Moses, the role that he's playing now is more rugby league focused um, in real he's life. A, he's, a better, than, he's a better player. 
Yep. But because he's not t- doing those try to win it in one play sort of games. Um, not great for Supercoach. It's not great for Supercoach, but he's, no. he turned into no. a better player. Great for Dylan Brown. Yes. Great for Dylan Brown. Yeah. Um, all right. We've pretty much covered the guns there. Mm. Let's get into the sweet spot. That's your sweet spot right there. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. So we've got Adam Reynolds here, Jamal Fogarty, Luke Brooks, who's dual halfback 5'8", Ben Hunt, oh. Toby Sexton. Now, I can see one or two of these guys getting reached for a little bit early, maybe in the picks 25-plus around the back end of the round three there. Uh, but I would rather take them, you know, picks 31 to 70, round four to seven in a 10-man league. You definitely want to be getting 55-plus out of this sweet spot uh, for halfbacks here. Yeah. I'll kick it off here with your boy, Adam Reynolds. Mm, yeah. First up, injury-affected game. He scored four points. Take that out, 68 average. Yeah, and that's that's quality. That's quality. Yeah. Got a shithouse base power, but we know that. He doesn't do anything else but set up tries. Hmm. 15.8 points per game from goals alone. That's fantastic. And that's only going to hum along nicely in 2024 because the Broncos will be there in abouts and they'll be scoring points. Yep, Total sure. try involvements, 45. Because Mam only scores them. That's all Mam does. He doesn't set them up. He just backs up and he scores them. So Adam Reynolds is doing all the assist work there. Reynolds obviously playing on the dominant edge there, 44% on the right for the Broncos. So we do like that. Mm. I mean, people sleep on Adam Reynolds. I think what happens is people have in the back of their head about the injury shit that he had going on a couple of years ago. That's that's a bullshit cop. Like he does, yeah. he plays most of the season in every mm. season. He's got niggles that he, he plays through, like he'll have a groin strain or something like that. But he he's fine. Um, yep. The one thing that's really interesting, and looking at the strength of schedule, and um, like they've got obviously the buy in round twenty four, which stuffs up most or well, all three of the um, the finals um, scenarios. But for the 23 to 26 finals, they've got a really good strength of schedule. And it, and that's even taking into account the buy. So you take mm. the buy out is a fucking sexy, um, strength of schedule. So I'm just going to have a look at who they are playing. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. So oh, they have, uh, Titans around 22 Cowboys, 23. They have the buy in 24 eels, 25, Dolphins twenty six, Storm twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, like they'll be they'll be out to play against the Dolphins as well, which would be the grand final in most scenarios. So, look, it's um, I'm I'm bigger on the Broncos than I was last season, um, because they've gone from the twenty round twenty five by to round twenty four, so it has less of an impact to your season. Um, and look. It's a You're tough not really one because worried it's about not- the buy. When you when you're picking guys in round five, yeah. you're not worried about the buy too much. Do you know what I mean? Not, you're not, only not, really worried about much. the buy for the first two picks in your draft. Do you if, know what I mean? I'm, like I'm not too I'm, worried if, about if, Adam Reynolds. But if I'm looking at like positions lacking in depth and especially hooker, halfback, five eight, I am looking at it. Because it does it factors into how hard is it going to be to cover that position. And if yeah. I've got multiple players that are going to be out over that period. I need to know that I can at least a one and then have cover for another. So it, it does for me. It factors in for sure. 
Um, I think another year in the legs is a bit of a concern because he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, he's still going to be running the show. He's going to be the general, going to be the tactician. But he's a bit older. Um, yeah, it, like those niggles might turn into injuries. Um, mm. And that's that's the concern that I've got. Not the fact that he's got an injury history. It's the fact that because he's older, recovery is not going to be as easy. Um, he's, he yeah. might be going into games with more niggles that might, in fact, impact his um, his game. So that's that's my concern. Yeah, I've never been too big on him, Adam Reynolds, but I'm kind of looking at him this year. I I, I really think that having Adam Reynolds and just say you've picked him, what. Pick forty eight, something yeah. like that. I'm so happy with that. I don't, you know, I you've don't, got a, I don't mind that at all. You've yeah. got a goal kicking halfback playing in a side that could make a grand final. Um, mm. They'll be pumping teams. There are teams that loves to put foot on the throat. Really yeah. likes to drive home points. You're going to get a lot of goals not, from not, that. Not a, a Raiders type team where they'll go get to twelve points and go. No, that's us. Yep. You don't have a five eight that's going to be stealing assists, mm. but you also have a, a fantastic fullback that's going to link up nicely with you on both sides it's of the field. Play. I mean, yeah, it it really does all translate well to Super Coach Adam Reynolds and how he fits into this Broncos side. So, yeah, look in, in this sweet spot, he's probably the first guy I'm looking at. I I, I think he could mm. have a really good season. Honestly, if all goes well, he could average. Around seventy, honestly, yeah. yeah, for sure. And and when we take into account that, look, we haven't seen anywhere near the peak of Walsh just yet. <laughs> he's, he's coming into the peak of his powers, and look, I think this could be the perfect storm for the Broncos, but more specifically for um, Aray. And yeah, I, I reckon things could be looking good. The the one concern I've got is. That base power is just so fucking low. It's disgusting. It, it's, yeah. it's horrible. It's just yeah. staring Look, and at if the you face. Weren't, if you weren't confident that the Broncos were going to be a good team again in mm. 2024, you'd be like, okay, he doesn't have the it, base it, there it, it's, it's to save to you in bad teams. But you, honestly, if Broncos mm. go anywhere near like they went last year, they should be beating most teams. Yeah, for sure. So the, and so the base there, power shouldn't be that much of an issue. There were no teams that found it easy to contain the Broncos last season. Yeah, exactly. No exactly. Hmm. Um, Luke Brooks, I'll talk a lot about him in the Chub Rub section. Hmm. I'll uh, I'll go in in deep, deep with Luke Brooks. <laughs> um, who? Uh, anyone else you want to talk about here? We've got Jamal yeah. Fogarty, Benny Hunt, Toby Sexton. Oh, you're probably yeah, going to talk I'll, about I'll, Toby Sexton later. I'll talk about Toby later. All right, what about Jamal Fogarty? Now, I know earlier in the week you and I were going back and forth about Jamal Fogarty and, and our concerns are with the the spine of the Raiders and how inexperienced and young they're going to be. And we're worried about where the points are going to come from with the Raiders. Obviously, a vanilla team anyway. Now with this spine, yes, it it does throw up a few red flags for us with Jamal Fogarty. We know he's going to be the big dick there. That's, you know, obviously there's no questioning that. I think think most of the the Tommy the rubber. through. Tommy, talk to me. He's going to have his hands hands on the ball but yeah Tommy the rubber messaged me on Instagram he go boys don't forget that Jamal Fogarty he didn't kick goals last season obviously Croker came back into resurgence there and fuck. was kicking goals for the Raiders and I was like fuck I didn't even I just I just totally spaced on yeah, this yeah that's um, not six to eight points so, right there 
Well, if you dive into it, so you go Jamal Fogarty, he averaged 14.7 points a game in goals in 2022. Jesus. Man, he's, so he's over actually, 60. Like we're so, talking, so he's had an uplift in his attack and output. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we st- like last he's season, he was still able to get some sexy, sexy scores, scores there. Like round nine, he, he got 80, then 11, 12, 13, got 65, 65, 42, round 14, 97. So through the middle of the season, he was sort of averaging high 50s with no goal kicking. That's not so. Bad. I mean, I'm not. I'm not expecting him to kick as many goals as he did in 2022. As we said, the concerns for the spine and the Raiders' overall attack is still there. Mm. But having that in the back of your mind that hey, he will kick goals, and conservatively you can put him down for 10 points a game. You're looking at a 62 average now. Yeah. Probably want to draft him at a. 59, 60 average and hope for a little bit more than that. But I was just blown, blown away by that. I was like, fuck, I, I don't know how that escaped me. I yeah. just, and maybe it's because I just didn't oh, watch a lot of Raiders games. And- I think no one watched many Raiders games. And look, only because <laughs> yeah. um, Croker retired. So we're not thinking about who the other goal kicker was because he's not there in, no. in any of the in any of the um, the stats that we're looking through. So, no, nah, it's an interesting one. The one thing to really think about, though, is um, the finals run for the Raiders is pretty poor. Uh, Fogarty himself has a, um, the four, a 13th um, best strength schedule for position. Raiders have the 13th as well. So it's not fantastic. Something to factor in. Obviously, if you're drafting him at, at like that 55 sort of range, a little bit over his average from last season, which is 52 and a half, Definitely something to think about. And look, I don't think I don't think the goal kicking itself has pushed him ahead of like Luke Brooks or Benny Hunt um, in our rankings for the halfbacks. But mate, it's it's definitely food for thought. And I do think he is that absolute sleeper that we've been hoping for in halfback. Yeah, he's a sex. He is a sexy sleeper. And there's going to be guys in your league that are just like us that have completely spaced on him not kicking last year. Like if you just didn't watch a lot of Raiders games, you weren't invested. You probably forgot that Croker even existed. I did. And yeah, all of a, all of a sudden this 52 average, there's at least eight to 10 points there in value. And that's being very conservative. Um, Last guy here we'll talk about is my boy, Ben Hunt, the guy I'll never draft again. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if he comes into this season with metal fucking arms. Look, the, the best thing I about drafting him, baby. The best, the best thing about this whole situation was a few years ago in one of the semis, uh, Natty loses. Uh, no, so Natty wins Ben Hunt off his um, off one of the guys, and he then versus the same guy in the grand final. Captains Hunt, who he stole off this guy, and Hunt's gone. Nah, fuck you. Drops a six point game or whatever it was, and absolutely rooted Natty. And for that, I love him. He's right. that's why he has to be in the top ten. At, at one point in that game, as my as my captain, he was at, he was on minus six points, minus six points. I was like oh, Ben, he's playing the Tigers. I was ever. like this best, this is this is an easy ever. win. So Ben Hunt, you'll never be an Eskimo, bro. We've ripped off all your posters off the walls <laughs> at the clubhouse. Your name is Mud. We burnt your jersey. 
Uh, we don't even wear number seven at the Eskimo in, Bros in fairness, anymore. I'm pretty sure last season he burned his jersey as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, looking at this non-biased here, he's yeah, consistent, right? He, he, look, he did it. He's going to get he had a really good get, year. Yeah. In 2021, 67, I don't expect him to do that. But you take no. that out, it's a 60, a 56, a 59. Do you know what I mean? He's going to be floating yeah. around that high 50s, maybe mm. a 60. Yeah, um, yeah. And like we said at the start of this podcast, it can't go any worse than it did last year. The cunt didn't want to be there. He had one foot out the door and mm. he was still pumping out a 91, a 64, a 62. Do you know what I mean? He didn't want to be there. No, exactly. He probably vomited when he put the jersey on and he was going out and still <laughs> playing quite well and doing doing enough to get him semi decent super coach points. So yeah. look, you'd have to you'd have to think with Flano coming into the building and like having having some better structure in the coaching side of things might help. Um who knows? I know that he had a really good relationship with Hook, so that's one of the reasons why he wanted wanted to get the fuck out of there. So, look, I think Flano might be able to calm the feathers, and I think it's just about getting like a good team structure in place because I, I think firstly they need to get rid of um, like put Sloan back into Rezies to actually work in his defence and like the rest of the game, not just the highlight reels, and then maybe move Zach Lomax to fullback or something like that. Offers a little bit more, I think. That's um, the big thing, isn't it? It's the team list. How is mm, this Dragons team going to line up? Because if you've got Lomax it, at fullback and you've got Bird in the centers, mm, uh, and then all of a sudden you go, wow, there's a lot of attack in this back line now. Yes, ben Hunt's yeah, got yeah. some cunts to pass the ball to. All mm, of a sudden, a guy that you've drafted at, what, a 56, 57 average, all of a sudden has an opportunity to go 60, 65 in a dog shit Dragons team. But he does play on the right edge for the Dragons, who was the most dominant attacking edge in terms of percentage oh, yeah. of their total tries. Well, so, you, look at, you look at who the target was on the fucking left side. It was yeah, Matt, they're not Matt going Fige. Down there. They're not going down they're not going there. Down. They're not going down there. He's, a, he's you, an empty you look at jersey. This, you look at this 59 as a base. This is a base. You draft him at a 59, that's his base level for Ben Hunt. Yeah. So, you know, you get into round six, so, you know, in the pick 50s, 55 plus, Adam Reynolds isn't there, have a look at Hunt. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. And look, in, in the finals. Well, I um, won't be doing that, but I'm saying, like, maybe <laughs> you should. Yeah. I mean, in the finals, like, they, they got Bulldogs, into Titans, into Sharks, into Eels, so it's not a bad run as well. So, look, I don't hate, I don't hate the play. Um, it's a very safe pick, though, isn't it? Yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. no ceiling. It's just Zero safe. Ceiling. And then you kind of just, you know, you've got a decent halfback and you can move on. Yep. And this is the thing when we're talking about halfback versus 5'8", getting a guy in round five, round six that can still potentially average 60 and above, you will not get anywhere fucking near that in 5'8". No. Nowhere near it at that point in the draft. No That's way. The, the difference here is so stark between halfback and 5'8". And we'll talk about it when we get there, but it's almost AE territory here. It's like well, almost if you, hooker. If you, miss, if you miss, the, miss the jump on when they do drop, and look, I think there's, what, there's what five or six that are relevant 
you miss those, I'm seriously looking at scary. We need more mm. jewels. We need more jewels because yes. five eight's disgusting. It yeah, is time. really, 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 really bad. All right, let's move on to the bargain basement. The battle of wits has begun. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. So we've got your boy Tricky Trindle here, who's halfback 5'8". Oh, yeah. We've got Luke Keary, halfback 5'8". Aiden Caesar, halfback 5'8". Haysto, Tanner Boyd, Sean, Sean O'Sullivan, Lachlan Ilias, Jaden Sullivan maybe here in the bargain basement. So... A lot of guys that look. If you missed the boat, which I hope you haven't, because I think halfback mm. is is a prevalent. It's a crucial. Position. It's a crucial position. I think yep. there's only two positions that um, you pick one to lose, and that's hooker or or five eight. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But maybe you get greedy at the back end of your draft, and you go, you know what? I'll carry two halfbacks. Trade yeah. capital. Maybe you're in a, in a league that likes to trade. Uh, maybe, you know, someone like a Luke Carey or Tricky Trindle sitting there and you're like, wow, halfback 5'8 would be tasty on my bench. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. there are those plays to think about as well. Who do you want to talk about here? Oh, my boy, Tricky Trindle. Mm, um, the trickster. Look, the trickster. So he was in, in and out of the team at, at times, but then solidified his position with, Moiser on the outer. He'll go into this season with the six on his back for sure, yep. um, which is great news for him. Um, I think he's got a lot to offer. What he doesn't have to offer is base. So mm. you're, you're going in eyes wide open knowing that he is a showy type of player. He'll get you um, your forced dropouts. He'll get you your um, try assists and all that sort of stuff, but don't be expecting a good floor. So you'll be copping some something in the twenties, something in the thirties, but you'll also be copping things in the in the eighties and nineties um, yep. in some games. Thirteen so, in base. Yeah, it's year. it's not it's not fantastic. Um, no. His power base is fifteen point seven. It's 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 got awful. Um, I wouldn't be spending a quality pick on him um, personally, even though I'm a huge fan. Um, it, there's just too many warning signs against. I, I have I view him in the same way as a poor man's um, Ezra Man. Yep. Okay. But I think he he sets up more plays than Ezra does, and that's the that's the main difference. One sets up plays, the other one scores tries. Literally, yeah, yeah. Neither neither does um, anything outside of that. Yeah. Look, I mean, the guys we're talking about here, it's hard to scrape together sexy stats. Uh, yeah. I will say. Sean O'Sullivan and Tanner Boyd were interesting when you looked at their 80-minute games. So Sean O'Sullivan averaged 49 in 80-minute games. Mm. Tanner Boyd averaged 51 in 80-minute games. So obviously Mm. some fluctuation of minutes but due to injury-affected games. So all of a sudden you're looking at two guys here that could potentially average 50 that Mm. you could get in, you know, picks 80-plus, something like that. Um, Tanner Boyd as well, it must be spoken of like – He'd be on the right edge. He's going to get at least Bo Firma running off his hip now. Yep, Possibly yep. David Fafita. We don't know. Either way, it's an uptick for a back row playing next to him. You know, he's yeah, yeah. he's definitely going above the, who's the a, cunt that he had there a, last not a, year. Not a Joe Simpson, Stimson or Exactly. Please. Like yeah. you, you would think there's a couple of points in value there just based on the personnel that's going to be outside him. So, 
He's interesting at the back end here, Tanner Boyd. Uh, it's going to be interesting mm. to see how the Titans run as a as a team. I've heard really good things coming out of camp with Desi there. They're riding them hard. I think things have been a little bit lax there with accountability for the Titans, and Desi has just shored that shit up. I saw an interview with AJ Brimson, and Brimmer was saying he fucking scolds anyone. He doesn't care if you're a senior player or if you've just come in. Like, he'll yell at Tino the same as he does an 18-year-old bloke for dropping the ball. So I think that's going to be good, man. That's going to give him some steel. They need it. They need it. They need steel. They're they're a young team. Uh, Like you look through their roster and there's only a handful of players that are over 30. It's um, They've got like certain positions. They're flush with um, experienced players, but you look at their spine. It's a bit of a worry, especially when they're moving AJ Brimson, who has that origin experience, into the centers. You've got um, Jaden Campbell in the fullback spot. You've got Tanner Boyd, who's only coming into his second se- second full season as a halfback. It's that's the other thing with Bremo too. He's most likely going to play right center, right, because you've got Brian Kelly oh, on the left. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be moving. Wouldn't be moving Kelly for sure. So now Tanner Boyd's got. Both Firma and Brimo outside him. Fuck that! It, one thing it will. Okay. One okay. Thing that, okay. One thing, one thing that move does do. Um, it really makes both of those edges much more potent, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, spreads the defense for sure. Yeah, big time. So teams yep. are, teams are going to be worried about the the left, obviously, because they've got everyone out so out to um AKP. Now they've got to look about at the at the right as well. It's um yeah, I think it is going to stretch defenses and look. There might be some points to be had for sure. Yeah, Tanner Boyd interests me. I, I now that we're talking about, there's a lot there that, that I mm. like. You know, obviously goal kicking half back. Uh, he also has a really good percentage as well. I think he's in the top five for percentage. Um, and kicker, I think he's like an 82% kicker off the top of my head, yeah. something like that. So that's tasty. We know that the Titans score points. So yeah, I don't think I don't think point scoring is where they're going to change. I think it's really going to be point conceding. Um, it's yeah. re- it's going to be defensive structure. And I think, if anything, these changes of obviously moving AJ um, Bremo to the right and things like that, it's only going to have just a bit of a negative effect on left-sided players in that team yep. because there will be more movement to the right, less possessions on the left. I'm updating my sleepers as we speak. <laughs> oh boy, he's a fan- very interesting. He's a, he's a fantastic sleeper, to be honest. Um, yep. And look, we had him as a sleeper or a boom. Was it last season or the season before? Yeah. Yep. This was this was early preseason. This was before the injury to Firma. And look, things happened where... Firma got injured, Fafita changed sides, so he didn't have he through the whole season he didn't have a good edge partner. So yeah. it's um it's something going on. They never really sorted out like that whole edge all season. And like the statistics show that as well. Hmm. I'm quite interested in in Tanner Boyd. I, I'm. I think he's. I'm I think thinking, his average is massively deflated for what he. Um. What what potentially could come out of that edge? He could be the first bloke I take in this in this section, the bargain basement. Like you, make, you miss those other guys, Tanner Boyd. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, looking, through, looking looking through the list of them. I mean, what Kiri? You're probably going to get a fifty to fifty five at best. 
the only thing that's really good about him is he's got the jewel. Um, Aiden Caesar's very unknown quality coming back to the right, Aiden Caesar. Everyone, because it's classic, everyone's getting whipped up about Aiden Caesar. I just implore everyone to go and check out the season that Aiden Caesar had before he went over to Super League. Now, mm. he's a lot older now, coming back. He's probably not going to have a, as good an impact on the game as he did when he left. And I'm telling you, he was shit when he left. So <laughs> do not do not get sucked into the classic hype about Aiden Caesar. He ain't worth it. Yeah. And look, honing in, round 26 by as well. So you'd be missing one of your like halves mm. players. Something to think about as well. Worst yep. strength of schedule in the finals as well on top of that. So, um, yeah, not not really one I'm looking at there. And then you've got Wacko Jacko Hastings. Um, look, he's, he's interesting. He's, he's an interesting one. And I think he is obviously going to be a beneficiary of another awesome season by Ponga. Yep. Potentially Left having, edge. Potentially having um, Frizzell move across that edge as mm-hmm. well. Very quality, um, quality player to have running lines that there. Was, so that was something that I picked up with um, Guru as well. He was saying Jacko loves to play direct. He likes to mm. shore up the defense. He likes to square his shoulders up, and he loves to go to his edge back rower. And he said yeah. that he is going to get Frizz one on one with defenders again and again in this season if if Frizzell plays out there on the left, which I yeah. my ears pricked up, and I was like, okay. <laughs> This is interesting because Guru is quite tight with Jacko, so he knows him better than most. Oh yeah, for and sure. so this is this is really interesting because a guy that's coming off a fifty point average from twenty twenty three, pretty consistent as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like still under forty percent with his CV. Now he's going to have a full season on that left with Frizzell next to him. Mm. Yeah, I reckon there could be five points of, of value there with Jacko. Yeah, and look. It- he had 1.9 try involvements per game last season, but a fair portion of those were last touch assists. So he was only getting obviously the four points. I think that the conversion into full try assists is going to go up massively. So the output, I think we're looking at a 55 to 60 average. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's more likely. And yeah, he's, he's definitely for me personally, if he ha- if he kept the jewel, he's the first one easily in the in this list that we're talking about. Um, yeah, because he's lost the jewel. It's it's probably yeah a, a couple other players that I'm looking at, but um, yeah, I think Jacko's definitely around around the early round eight is probably where yep. I'm looking. Yep. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah, Tanner Boy Jacko in these late rounds, very mm. interesting. And now the direct opposite situation. From Jacko is uh, Lachlan Ilias, oh, especially yeah. if Keon Kalamatangi moves edges, mm. uh, because then he just doesn't have that one guy that he was getting points, super coach points from. I mean, you're coming off 42 average, so you're not doing anything anyway. Now yeah. you got the one guy that helped you get super coach points. I mean, if you we get concrete evidence that Kalamatangi is on the left, I mean, Talis Duncan could be an absolute superstar, but he's not going to be. Colin Matunga in his first season. I, I just, I just don't think Lachlan Elias is worth looking at. Um, nope. nope. He's, he, he just all the all the attackers going to go down that left. Oh, the, bro, you think that left edge was dominant before yeah. the season? Holy yeah, exactly. shit! Because like, yeah, he'll have Talis Duncan outside of him. Yeah, Campbell Graham 
will probably be the only reason why they go down the right edge. And, yeah, and guess who passes once. him the ball? Luttrell does. Exactly, it's not Elias. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like Luttrell is, Luttrell is going to be doing all the heavy lifting attacking-wise on that right edge. And Elias, he might have, he might pop up for one or two games like we saw at the start of last season. And a lot of us got sucked into thinking, oh, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be the season for Elias. He's going to finally step up and... It just never, never, never happened. Like a forty-two no. average for the season, very high CV of fifty-one. It's fifty-one percent. It's it's not one that I'm. It's no. not even in our top twenty. So no, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the Hail Marys. Hail Mary time here. Four seconds. We're gonna bet it all. You son of a bitch! I'm in. Not a lot happening here. Yeah. Um, Sandon Smith. Jonah Pezzett, Cole Flanagan. Maybe well, Cole Flanagan obviously is going to Cole, have that. Cole Flanagan is the is the one out of those that I'm moderately interested in. Um, yeah. And I say moderately because he's a not going to be the um, the dominant half. Yep. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the media board, <laughs> but it's blowing up on blowing up on me. Yeah, like you said, he's going to be yeah. uh, the number one half back there. Well. You know, he's going to be in the mix there with Hunt. So, the the one thing I will say, uh, and this is probably this is going to affect whether we talk about Kyle Flanagan. He's only five five eight. So I yeah don't, okay. I don't think that he's he's got half back this season. So they've taken that okay. off him. All right. So well, he's, we won't he's talk about that, him at all then. He's he's one that we'll we'll probably touch on tomorrow when we do the um the five yep. eight. Yeah. Look, honestly, when you look at this list, there's not many that make it to the Hail Mary. Do you know what I mean? It's that position that uh, it's so shallow in depth that they're pretty much all sucked up. And if you have a deep bench. There has to be an injury for for them to become relevant. And 100%. And like there's some players there, like CHT, for instance, Channel Harris DeVita, he might be two injuries away from getting a run. Um, because yep. I think the the word is that Tamara Martin gets the spot, and then obviously you've got um, what's his what's his name? Fuck, uh, Luke Metcalf, um, mm. who's rating in the wings, and then yeah, well, Volkman's not there, but CHT is definitely going to be the third third man in. You'd expect, so yeah, I think it's a t- it's a real tough position. Um, the big like the big one's the probably a, a Jonah Pezzett because an injury in, at either half yeah, five and yeah. half back. Come uh, he comes in. Drew Hutchinson, he might even yeah. make the starting this, side for the and, dogs. And, and that's part of the reason why I've cooled my jets on um, on Toby Sexton a little bit because, yeah, as soon as they announced the signing of Drew Hutchinson, I was like, oh, that could that could be um that could be very difficult for sexy to keep his position. Yep, Sandon Smith, you get mm, that uh, heart yeah. that injury to Sammy Walker. All of a sudden, Sandon Smith comes in for especially him. with Drew Hutchison not being at the Roosters system yeah. anymore. Sandon's the next man up for sure. Yep, yep. So they're the big ones that are sort of like one injury away. We sort of mm-hmm. didn't touch too heavily on Jaden Sullivan. At the Tigers, um, yeah. Look, he did a job when he was playing in the in the halves uh, for the Dragons when he got mm. the opportunity. He is halfback five eight jewel. That's very sexy. We do love that. Um, I mean, maybe a forty five average 
But for someone that you can pick up really, really late, like that's you got to take yeah. that. That's nice. So, but honestly, if you're trying to scrounge for your halfback at this point in the draft, you've gone terribly you've, wrong you've somewhere. Missed the, you've missed the boat. Um, yep, you've dropped the ball heavily. Yeah, I think I think you've got to aim for one of those one of those jewels we we're talking about before, like a a Brooksy, a Burton, a Keary, someone someone along those lines. Um, Tricky Trindle late could be interesting. If you can get yep. him really late, um, I don't like. I don't mind that as a play. But yeah, yep. Selling the farm on on someone like Jaden Sullivan's just going to hurt you in the long run. Yep. Uh, let's yeah. Let's fucking move on. That's disgusting. Let's get into the happy ending, baby. Oh yeah. You want happy ending? I got to Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, oh fuck. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. Okay. So draft strategy for halfback. This is just an interesting way to look at it, right? So Luke Brooks is our 11th ranked halfback, and he probably drops in the pick 60s. Um, you're talking around seven here in a 10-man league, maybe even before that if you want to reach for him, which means if you want a halfback that averages over 53, then you better strike mm. before round six. Yeah. Like we just said with the Hail Marys, there ain't no halfbacks in the Hail Marys. You need to be fucking jumping and jumping soon because there is a possibility that in the first 30 picks, eight halfbacks drop and all eight of them average over 65. Yeah, that's huge. So honestly, you want to have one of those eight. Mm-hmm. So in the first three rounds, you really want to have a halfback. When it boils down to it, it's uh, it's it's one of the top tier drafting positions. Is is halfback? Like if you miss out on a halfback round one, then round two is when you strike. Yeah, for sure. It's the and to be honest, it's when you we were talking about it before. Like hooker and five eight are very shallow, and if you fucked, if you you want to be sorting out a halfback at the same time you sorting out you either your five eight or your hooker. One of them is not going to be filled mm. uh, without having a very unbalanced team. So you've got to be looking really carefully at, at where your, your real value is at the back end of, of the drafts. And look, I, I think you're better off going a little bit early on some of these halfbacks than you are with the um, the hookers or five eights. Yep, I totally agree. Halfback, mm. halfback for me is where it's at. Um, yep. And I'll be I'll be running with that with that strategy of if I don't get a halfback round one, then round two is pretty much where I get my halfback. So round two belongs mm. to the halfbacks. You know, you've got DCE, you've got Hughes, you've got Moses, you've got a lot of guys in that round two SJ value Burton, that can hundred percent, man. They're no. just take your pick. They're all there, um, ripe and ready to go. So that's how I'm going to approach it. And then you Mate, then you leave round two with most likely you've got a high-end ceiling guy and a halfback already. Then it's time to attack two RFs and away you go. Fair. It it just it just seems like that's the way to go. All right, mate, let's get into Boom Bus Leaper. I think he's a bust. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. So, boom, I'll kick it off. I like Sam Walker. Uh, I will put an asterisk next to his name in the sense that I do want to talk to Brian and have mm. a bit of a conversation about this this ACL business that's going on. But if he gives me yeah. the, 
all clear nod, then Sam Walker, come on down, buddy. You can put the red and black on for the Eskimo Bros again for 2024. Yeah, I do like that. Um, my boom, Matty Burton. I do think that this season mm. will be big for him. Um, mm. And I, I do think like the cattle that are coming in, um, a, a quality cattle with experience, um, like grand final experience and, and everything else. So, yeah, I think that's going to – they're really building a good structure. And, yeah, if it doesn't work this season, like double down for next season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty big on Birdo as well. I'm getting sucked in by the Heartback 5.8 jewel. That's really got yeah, me going. Yeah, that's, that's also very, very tasty. And that's look, very, the, very the nice. final strength of schedule is also fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing to um, keep into consideration as well. Uh, busts, I've gone SJ. I just think a 78 average with 65 total try involvements is not uh, doable again for 2024. Uh, yeah. Plus, we and this is I had him as a bust before I found out about the soft tissue injury in his, his ankle. <laughs> yeah, Add yeah. that on. Bust, 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 bust. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my one's actually Luke Keery. Um, like we were talking about him before, but... The more I think about it, the, the rise of Sammy Walker just means that there's going to be obviously more focus um, down that edge. And yeah, I think the he's really heavily try assist focused um, in the way he scores. And mm. I think there's just going to be too many low scores creeping into his game. It's not something I'm interested in. Even in the games where he was the number one guy, where Sam Walker wasn't there, he was running the side, he barely averaged a 50. So yeah. it's... Only going to go south there for, for Luke Keery. And and a lot of the tries that he does get are off kicks. So he's obviously yep. not getting the line break assist and all mm. that sort of jazz. So, yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, sleeper, I've gone Luke Brooks. Going to talk a lot about him in a second. And I just added in Tanner Boyd. Hello. <laughs> I got a boo <laughs> Yeah, Good. you sneaky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> stole, you, you stole it. You stole it. Bam, you stole it. Baby. You stole it. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't disagree with either of those. And the only reason why I didn't pick either of them is because you fucking snuffled me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone Jacko Hastings. Um, yep. Obviously, we were talking about him before. I do think there's a bit of an uptick in his average from, from last season. And yep. look, I think, yeah, sky's, sky's the limit. I think he, he, can, he could average 65. But I think with the type of game that he's got, I think really. 55 to 60, I'm, I'm stoked with. Yeah, it's that left edge, isn't it? It's very, very sexy. Yeah, I'm getting sucked, sucked into that. Yep. All right, let's let's move on to guys. No that- fucking way. No, I'm not working with this guy. Yeah, no, thank you. And <laughs> surprise, surprise, it's Ben Hunt for me. Yeah. And we've outlined why. What about you, mate? Yeah, for me, Chatty Townsend. Um, look, he's even, – even if you desperately need a guy for a week, just take the AE. Um, yeah. he, he'll drop a 20 just for fun. Mm. It's, it's it's not someone you want to be um, pinning your hopes on for sure. And look, and we'll talk about this in the 5-8, Rub, but I think this could be the rise of Tommy Dearden year this year. Yeah. I think he goes to another level. For sure, for sure. Yeah, which, and, which and would only it's mean just, worse It's just going to push, push things down for Chatty. Yeah. The yeah. Chad. Sorry, Chad. No more for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, All right. he's, a, he's a podcaster now anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fuck being a player. He's moving on to bigger and exactly. greater things. Uh, All right, man. let's get into the chub rub. This is where things get real sexy, baby. Let's start really stroking it. I wanted you 
to see these player evaluations. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. I'm very aroused. Well, mate, I'll let you go first this this week with your chat, yeah. Rob. Who All who's good. getting you up and about? So look, I looked into this early. Toby Sexton, I, I really loved that run towards the back end of last season. Um, I, I, look, he opened up their attack um, when he moved to the, the doggies. And look, he's definitely a player that he's got a lot of a lot of go about him in attack. And look, you look at the incoming cattle that they've got, Bronson Sherry, um, Critter, who's going to be on that right edge. Um, look, it, it is going to be very tasty. And I do think there's a lot more options in attack for them. And the only asterisks I've got next to and the reason why I've mentioned that I've gone cold on him a little bit is Drew Hutchison um, coming in and just where he fits into the side whether Drew comes on the bench or whether he actually starts the season um, I, I, I don't see a scenario where he'll start the season but if Sexy doesn't have a good start it could be a bit of a bit of a worry but yeah looking back at that at some of the um, the scoring that he had in previous seasons. So we go back and look at 2021. So he only only played the four games, but he had a 62 average at the end of the end of the season. 1.3 uh, try involvements, only 0.3 line break involvements, um, base power, and his his base isn't what he's um, what he's going to be scoring with. So his his base was 20, 25, base power was only 28. Move into last uh, 2022 and played 19 games, very, very deflated average. Um, and this was just due to low scoring, um, season average of 45, try involvements 1.1. So there was a bit of a dip there. Base went, went down even further down to 20 points, which is fucking awful. And then um, uh Coefficient of variance was also pretty high with 52%. So he was up and down all over the shop. So he played a couple of games, um, played one game uh, last season with the Titans before moving across to the Doggies. Played eight games in total, average 58. Um, Coefficient of variance still up there with 45%. Base base average 25 is what you're looking at there. It's a line break involvements that have jumped from 0.5 up to 1.5 in those eight games. And then the try involvements up to nearly two per game. Um, that really excites me. And it's just how he looked in attack as well. He took took a lot of pressure off Thirdo. And it's definitely something that it, it if I could get over the fact that Drew Hutchinson is just sitting there in the wings, just ready to to take the reins. Um I'd be all about Toby. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely one that I'm, if I can get him for the right price, I, I'm, I'm happy to take him. But it's um, that right price is going to be pretty late in the draft, I have to admit. It's interesting because you did mention Drew Hutchison, right? And look, your anxiety over Hutcho could be a good thing. It could be that they've got him in the wings waiting and that. That keeps, keeps, he, keeps him honest. Keeps him honest, yeah, yeah. Because I reckon that's why he played so well in the back end of last mm. season because he was playing for a job, man. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have that position sewn up, so he was playing out of his skin. So Hacho might bring that out in him, and it might be a good thing for his, his super coach output. Yeah, so yeah, potentially. You flip it on its head, and it could be a really good mm. um Because, I mean, Hacho and Birdo in the halves, does it really work? Having two running halfbacks, yeah, like two yeah. running halves, it really doesn't bode well for the overall look of the side. Mm. The Sexton Birdo 
combo. That's that's where it's at. It's very very balanced, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, I think he does take so much pressure off off Birdo just for for yeah. running the show. Freeze Birdo up to make the right choices for when he chimes in and when he when he um, it's good for everyone. Things happen. Hundred percent. And that's where, like I. I just thought that they they went to another dimension in their in their attack mm. towards the end of last season, and you could just see that the team was there was a lot more fluidity, fluidity and and things like that happening. So, yeah, I'm I'm semi chub with him for sure. Semi chub, semi chub. <laughs> it's my semi. It's my semi chub, Rob. Yeah. Okay. Nice. The old yeah. stranger sitting yeah. in hand for five minutes. That old, that old chestnut. Exactly. I've done a fair few of those in my time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got Luke Brooks as my chub rub. Mm. Uh, not really. I don't know if there's going to be draft value for him because everyone's talking about him, but for good reason, right? So coming off a 2023 average of 55, base pair of 31, we like that. Only had eight try assists, right? Didn't kick any goals. Mm. Had 21 total try involvements. Really didn't do a lot. He just gets 55 points. That's what yeah, he yeah. does, right? He had an injury-affected game in 2023 as well. Scored like 26 points. Take that. Mm. He has a 61 average, which is really interesting. Now yeah, we're getting yeah, up there. Yeah. We're like, okay, hold on a second. 61 average playing for the fucking Tigers. This is interesting. Mm. Last three years, super consistent. 54, 52, 55 averages in a Tigers team. But let's be honest, struggle to score points. So yeah. that's impressive in itself. Uh, last couple of years had assists of 12 and 8, respectively there. So fuck all mm. uh, involvement in tries there for the Tigers because really they weren't scoring them. He, he did have 23 try assists in 2021. Uh, but if he can manage even half of that for 2024, you're looking at a three to four point bump in average. So you're yeah. starting to get up around that 58, 59, right? And that's value right there in a better side. Uh, put it this way. The, the beast that ate Josh Schuster managed 14 assists in 2023 in a manly side. I mean, surely Brooksy can do better than that. Look, I'll, I'll add a bit of a counterpoint to this. Where, How do you think the team structure works in the favor of Brooksy for the turbo left edge sweep for sure. Um, you look at, you look back at um, past seasons that um, Manly have had look, Cade Cust out on that edge, average 48 foreign for the two seasons that he was there in 21 and 22 average 44 and 43 Schuster when he was playing there last season, average 45 we were talking about it before. DCE is a player that gets the ball in his hands multiple times in a set. It's I just I can't see anything but a lower involvement in receipts from Brooksy than what we've seen in previous seasons. I see I'm, those I'm, names I'm, as a positive to me. I, the guys yeah. you read out, if they can average forty five around there, those guys can do it. Then that's a positive for me because Brooks can do. He's a better player than them. Well, not oh, a better yeah. player, but a better super coach player. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just think that I'm more looking at um, at Brooksy to maintain the average rather than uplift the average. If you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, and it's sort of like I forget who we were talking about earlier, but you want uh, Ben Hunt. 
drafting mm. Ben Hunt at a 58-59 average and then having the possibility that he gets 60-65. It's the same thing with Luke Brooks. Draft him at the 55 average, dual halfback 5A, yum, yum, mm. yum. He has the possibility of hitting 60 average for 2024. So you take him in the pick 60s, you mm. know, between 60, 65, something like that. I think that's great value. Because the thing I like about Brooksy is, and when you're talking about DC, and it's a valid point, but DC had all the ball last year because Turbo wasn't there. Turbo just has a natural inclination to sweep to the left. And Luke Brooks plays his best footy when the eyeballs aren't on him. And I'm mm. telling you, Brooksy, I'm sorry, pal, but the eyeballs won't be on you. At oh, Manly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for There's sure. fucking five players there that are better than you, which I think is going to be great for him because he's going I to find he's, space. He's, he's needed that. He, he, isn't, he hasn't been that go-to guy since he was halfback of the year. And yeah. that, was, that was so many years ago. Just run the ball, Brooksy. That's what mm. you need to do on the side. Yeah. And, and like, like you alluded to earlier as well with the strength of schedule, like if we just took it, the 23 to 26 system is which, what we have. Uh, Manly, they've got the seventh best, but uh, I know they've got the fourth no, no, best. Manly have got the fourth best. Seventh, uh, left half has got the seventh best. Mm, yeah. So four and seven, which is that's, which that's is tasty, good. baby. Which is good, especially uh, the one thing is if you've got a 25 grand final, they've got to buy in 22. Either way, though, I think like with how where you're going to be drafting, you're not thinking about those buyers. That much. That's it's a great run too. Like twenty three mm. Raiders, twenty four Warriors. Okay, they're they've been a lot better defensively. Tigers twenty five, Dogs twenty six, Sharks twenty seven. It's a great run. It is it yeah, is a yeah. really good run for all manly players. So yeah, like I said, draft him with that fifty five average, and I honestly think you at the at season end you're going to be going what that was value because now he's averaging at sixty. Mm. Yeah. It's again, again, same with Birdo. It's that halfback five jewel. It's getting me going. I want one of them. I Look, want one of them. It's a, it's a safe punt. I, I don't think he averages below the fifty-five. No. I, I, no I think way. in the team, in the team structure, I think he is kind of limited with how high he can go. But either way, it's going to be in the team that's scoring more points than he, than was at the Tigers. So yeah. And there could be a world where teams stack their defense on that right edge to to cover DCE Ola- and there's space on yeah, yeah. the other edge. Sure. Like so, when, when, you, when you look at Olukawatu and, and Kula, how, how he's coming on, teams might be looking at tape from last season and going, oh, yeah, we need to man up on that side. Yeah. Yeah. Semi-chub, I don't know. I'm pretty up there. Yeah. Could be, could be a... <laughs> yeah good very good uh all right well that's the chub rubs let's what do we got now do we oh, we, we got, got a cool bunch questions. of questions let's get the questions going excuse me i'd like to ask you a few questions you want answers you know the question are these really the questions that i was called here to answer i'm ron burgundy <laughs> That last one gets me every time. (laughs) Um, So Callum's asked us, for those of us with Cleary slash Hines locked away already, you motherfucker, uh, Mm. what's the general draft strategy from there? E.g. build a safe slash reliable team around them or take more risks knowing that you already have an elite captain, i.e. chase upside versus consistency, et cetera. First three rounds still chase that that upside. 
you still want to be chasing upside for your first three picks. Mm. Then you can search. That's why we always say that we've, we've sort of built our strategy for 2024 around those first three rounds belongs to some upside guys, some ceiling guys, especially if you play captains. Then mm. you start getting to the two RFs. And that sort of rounds out your team if you get a couple of really good two RFs in round three, four, or five. Um, I reckon if you stick with that strategy by round five, six, you look at your team and go, that's fucking well-rounded. And I think, like, if you're picking up O'Cleary or Hines, you're already winning by, like, 10 points on the average of the next player. Yeah. So you really want to fuck you can, cunts in the arsehole at this you point. Can, you want to get you, more. You want, <laughs> and if you're, in a captain, if you're in a captain's league, you want to be taking off the board opportunities for better, um, good captaincy options for other people. So chase the upside, for sure. Yep. Yep, that's that's another good point, Walker. Is exactly, it's not just about drafting your team; it's about really fucking other people <laughs> over, and that's draft, baby. Like, yeah. if you, especially if you're on the ball and you know a guy's got uh, Jerome Hughes and he wants Eli Katoa, snooker him, baby, get mm. Eli Katoa. Like, yeah, yeah. you always, even even to the fact that if you, if a guy is drafting behind you. And they're a real big homer, like a real big manly homer or something mm. like that. Get the reach for DCE. Yeah, trade, yeah. trade bait later. Like mm. there's a there's plenty of ways you can skin a cat in a draft. And I love those tactics, those real cunt tactics. I'm all about it. <laughs> of course, yeah. You you <laughs> um, so Mike Mike Rutland has asked us if Walker. I'm assuming um, this is Sammy Walker, stays fit and is in the team. What's his average, do we think? Um, he's wondering if he gets the same output to Hughes with the added floor of goal kicking. And do we think we can get him for a later pick for value? Honestly, think 65 is where I draft him at. Uh, yep. Healthy. Mm-hmm. I think Hughes... Is that, in- is, that inclu- just- is that including the goal kicking though? Yeah, just at this point, uh, mm. I mean, it's hard to sort of get concrete information on how it's going to go. I just think you've got runs on the board for Hughes. You know how mm. he's going to go playing yeah, for a Storm yeah. team. That's pretty solid. Uh, the strength of schedule for Storm also is very sensual. Mm. So I, I put him behind Hughes, but I still think he can crack out a 65 pretty safely. Yeah, fair. Look, I, I think if if he can get the goal kicking – um, I think he can he can push a seventy for sure. He's yeah. got it. He's got it in him. Those Harbour Bridge passes will just have to get dusted off, and he's back in business. Um, yeah, there's a lot of quality in the back line. Not um, a bad target of Dom Young out there now as well. Exactly, and that's where I think. Look, you, you pair up Manu and and Dom Young out on that edge. Very tasty, very tasty. Mm. Um, they can wind back the clock to when that dominant right edge was an absolute powerhouse with uh, Morrison and co. It'll be one of the first questions I asked Brian. I said, Sam Walker, do I draft him or not? And Sam, uh, if Brian goes, yes, I'm just going to write it down in my little notepad. <laughs> Bang, done. That's all I need exactly to know. Right. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so Con has asked us, Rate the following is stash options in deep leagues in case of injury, poor form, et cetera. So CHT was one, Brad Schneider, Sandon Smith, Jake Clifford, Jake, Jack Cogger, Jonah Pezzett, and Jock Madden. Um, do any of these guys have legitimate upside? Um, and he's, he asked something about Ronnie Volkman, but Volkman's injured. So, 
Um, I'll start with Sandon Smith and Jonah Peasant because we mentioned them, the Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. They're guys that only need one injury to become really relevant. Yep. I'll probably put Peasant first, then Smith. Because yeah, yeah. Peasant, obviously, we've seen what, what he, he can do well given a chance. Well. He scored well yeah. and played well. So Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so it doesn't matter whether it's Hughes or Munster. He comes mm-hmm. into the side. Uh, same with Smith. Any injury in the halves there, he's going to come in. So those two guys are I mean, ahead of the you pack. Could, you could almost say the same about Jock Madden. But he, I think he need, he mm. specifically needs an injury to Adam Reynolds because yep. I think they've got um, – what's his name? Um, Tristan Saylor. If, he's, if he ends up staying, he might come in a 5-8 uh, spot. Um, yep. Yeah, Jake CHT Clif- is very interesting. CHT because they fucking yeah. love CHT. They do. I don't just they? don't know where he yeah. is in that pecking order. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the biggest guide for that will be trials, just to see yep. where that may, they may gravitate. Um, Brad Schneider, he's in the same vein as um, as well. Cogger was last season. I'm not really interested interested in him. Um, he wasn't that wasn't that good in Supercoach when he came in for who was it? I think it was Fogarty or someone in the Raiders. Mm, yeah, he he had a couple of good games and then yeah, there's a lot of piecemeal. I don't think he's going to be good for that structure. Um, yeah, Jock Madden, we, we touched on him before. Jake Clifford, he he, he really needs an injury. Um, the, honestly, the only two that are worth stashing is Pezzett and Seddon Smith. Yeah, and, and I think the, the reason why you could stash them is because they're very little chance of being on the bench. Because yep. I think we've we got some inside word that um, Connor, Tracy, uh, Connor Watson thinks he's locked up the, yep. the bench utility spot. Yep. So Sandin He Smith, said so himself. <laughs> he said so <laughs> <laughs> from the horse's mouth. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. Anthony has asked us, "What round are you taking Sammy Walker with his possible injury concerns?" So we've covered that one. Um, yep. Look, if he isn't injured, round three is where we've got him pegged um, yep. safely. Maddie Wills has asked us, um, "Would you take first if both available, SJ or Hughes?" Finals. Hughes now. Finals in round twenty-eight. Uh, sorry, round twenty-six. Uh, finals rounds twenty five and twenty six. Sorry, Hughes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Hughes. I agree. Hughes for sure. Hughes. Um, too, much on, Hughes too much uncertainty with the injury injury cloud now. Yeah, and they have a really good strength of schedule. I mean, they've got the sixth best strength of schedule um, for twenty three to twenty six. Hughes has the ninth best strength of schedule. I mean, I mean, the, he the could one, average the, seventy the in those one games. Other, the one other thing you can take into account is like SJ and the Warriors. They'll only have two buyers through the season. Um, SJ, well, mm. I, I suppose SJ and Hughes neither will play State of Origin, obviously. So that's a that's a positive. But um, yeah, SJ has that buy in round twenty seven, so it's one buy that they're not going to play. I'm a pappy believer for twenty twenty four. So most of my um, storm. Player judgments are based off that, that this yeah, Storm yeah. team will be humming because of Pappy. Now, if you don't think that Pappy is going to come back and be you know, 80% of what he was, then maybe a little bit lower on these Storm mm. uh, players. But I've got to, you've got to take a stance, and I'm going to take a stance that Pappy's going to be good. Uh, Walker's 
Walker's left us here. What the fuck is this? Fuck. The fuck's going on? What the fuck? What the fuck? Hello, Walker. Hello. Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, I got you. Put your one-time ticket. What the fuck? Uh, Next next cab off the rank is uh, Davo. Davo's asked us, for those of us and absolute certainty to grab one of the big five fullbacks, um, first go first go in the round, uh, one picks due to middle order draft spot. Uh, how much priority should be given to a solid half on the way back through into the second? Given most decent options, we'll probably go at the end of the second. Jesus, or mate, sure. just um, yeah, this one, this just give me, one. give me, give me a, your your password, and I'll just do your draft for you, maybe. <laughs> or should we look at the top <laughs> shelf? Um, <laughs> at top shelf CTW, um, I would be looking at probably uh, in, if you're looking in the second, I would be looking at sorting out one of your halves positions, specifically your halfback in the second round. If you're going one of the yep. fullbacks in the in the first round, and then you start hitting your CTWs and your TRS from there. For sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Round uh, two da- belongs to the halfbacks. What's that, mate? Round two belongs to the halfbacks. Hundred percent. We we touched on that before. Rounds two and three. Mm. That's where you your money's going to be made on your halfbacks for sure. Uh, yeah. David has asked us. Uh, you'll probably have already rubbed this down by the time you get to me with the questions, but uh, best halfbacks to take from rounds six to seven onwards. Um, and please account for value, e.g., if you think there's a real sleeper in round 10, is better than better value than, say, Brooks in round six. Tanner Boyd's my boy. Yeah, Tanner, That's Tanner Boyd seems like the biggest sleeper. All right, mate. Well, that's a pretty good hit out for the halfbacks. I mean, an hour of 40, that's that's huge. I mean, we fucking really only had 12 blokes to talk about, but we did stretch that out as we like to do. <laughs> dribble, dribble, that's what we do. So fire up those five-star sledges on Apple iTunes, guys, if you want to get into the rubdown listener league. And if you're new to this, we do mirror the Loveless League, which means there'll be mandatory bet rounds. You will be betting for players. You'll be losing players. You will be winning players. It's how real men and women play the game. If you want to take us on on our home turf, at our home fucking stadium, this is how you do it. You also go in the running to get five cartons of frothies. That's what you win if you take out the comp. So get on there. Give us your best five-star sledge. Also, if you want to be involved in the draft league and you don't have any mates, you're a bit of a fucking loner, you live in your mum's basement, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram or wherever and I will put you with like-minded people and get you in a draft league. We want to grow this platform and this is how Wook and I can do our best is put people with people to get draft happening. But that's it, bro. Let's get the fuck out of here. Go follow us on all the socials. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. You can take me now. I have seen it all. Get that in here. Ta-da. 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 Ta-da.